T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. So I'm sorry to report to my friends in Chicago, the nightmare continues. Chicago Tribune sports page. Really? Column by Stephen... Rosenblum? Steve Rosenblum. You know him? Never heard the Never name heard before yet. Steve Rosenblum. I think Chance the Rabbi is the way to go. Brian Peruk. Well, when's he coming back? I said, do you want to come back? And it was an emphatic no. We're glad he misses us. Sitting in for Mike Esposito, who's sitting in for Jordan Burnfield, who's sitting in for Wayne Randazzo, who's sitting in for Mark Grody, who's sitting in for Brian Peruk. It's Matt Spiegel. This is funny. We're trying so hard to make this funny, and it's not funny. They suck, so you don't have to. Baseball is full of suck right now. For some reason, they sing. With a duck duck here and a quack quack there, right? Take the last train to Turdsville, and we'll meet you at the station. Take the last train to Turdsville. They're in need of sanitation, don't you know? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. They won't stop singing. Needle. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's a master's course in stupid. You're tapping two kegs of stupid, and it is really flowing. What percentage is five bucks uh, on a hundred? They have celebrity rebukes. This is Wayne Messmer, Senior Executive Vice President of the Wolves. You know, in all my years involved in sports and many teams, I have never been involved with something that sucks so badly. The three words that best describe this show are as follows, and I quote, Stink, stank, stunk. It's Rosenblum and Spiegel on WSCR. 670 the score. We should be 670 WSUK. going to be in charge of remembering that speech. You're the younger of the two of us. Sharp as a tack. And, and the Cialis is that they're right about that. Mm-hmm. It, it, it eats your mind. No, age eats your mind. That Cialis makes your hearing go bad. So let me turn this up a little bit. You have to remember that. Okay, I'll remember. I've already hit dementia. Yeah, oh. I've, well, I've already hit Steve Heimer's disease. I just Maybe it's selective. So you have to remember what you have to remember. Here's what I've done. Now I figured out the mnemonic with Zach Withers, our producer, mm-hmm. on the, Saturday. Did Sunday. you just say he's demonic? Because I don't believe that to be the case. Yes, uh, mnemonic. Oh, guilty okay. mnemonic. Oh, oh, the mnemonic. But he is. Yeah. He, look at that beard. There's a certain. Mm. So all right, word boy, fancy word boy. So the idea is that there's like video. No, there's video, but we're not doing that. There's audio. <laughs> 
Oh my God! This well, welcome to Saturday Sucking. Just not a surprise. Is <laughs> Good it? night, everybody. <laughs> Hello. You guys have been great. Oh, three hours. Appreciate you. Three hours. Of oh, this. we're it's the good. Julie and Maggie pregame show. So I have audio that two different pieces that I really wanted to bring to the show, okay. and we will. And I, I told Zach as usual, customary. It's your job to remind me that I requested this, and this could have been just from yesterday. Hmm. So now what he's done. As he's found a musical mnemonic device, an audio mnemonic device to remind me of the audio I wanted to bring to the show, which I think is very clever. And he leaves after an hour because he can't take any more than the, of this show. So then, then anything that you've requested that doesn't happen in the first hour ceases to exist. No, he'll tell in this case it's, it's Christopher Dick and Chef. We call him Chef. He likes to be called Chef, even though a chef really likes to be called just a cook. That's what I learned from Anthony Bourdain's Kitchen Confidential. It was a wonderful book. He was, I, I love the man. He was spectacular. By the way, we lost a legend. Um, yeah, Dan Jenkins. We lost a legend in my business. One of the greatest sports writers of all time. Uh, I was reading, someone had, had, had retweeted, sent out his simple advice for writers. Yes, just just a paragraph, mm-hmm. but it was so brilliant just about writing the truth always. Facts. And facts. Facts instead of a line. Right. And don't um, don't go for the humor. Uh, like, uh, don't force the anecdote in. That was one of the things I loved. Don't force the anecdote in. If it doesn't feel natural, save it. You'll find some other time to use it. Right. That's that, how, how many times have you sat down or I sat down like, hey, I got to make sure I get this in because this was really good. I start with anecdotes. How do I make myself <laughs> funny? Yes. Right. He was he he was a legend. Um he was he the the depth and breadth of what he did and how it happened and was was remarkable that from from Texas I mean he he and Hogan were were friends. Hogan would choose to play around with him over anyone else because he's you know Dan Jenkins studied the game. and This is and, Ben Hogan, and, not Hulk Hogan. Ben no, Hogan we're talking about. Right. That's how far Dan Jenkins went back. Yeah. And he was the one. He famously said about Tiger that he would, he would just blow right through Jack Nicholas's majors record. The only things that could stop him would be an injury or a bad marriage. That's what he had said. Several years before, an injury and a bad marriage got in the way. And there was a... The Tiger Woods compared himself to Ben Ho- his you know that alleged car crash that we still not quite sure about and subsequent divorce to Ben Hogan's 1949 head-on collision with a oh. Greyhound bus that mm-hmm. almost killed him. So Dan Jenkins says Hogan nearly died. All Tiger did was damn near get syphilis. <laughs> Well, we hear for more from Dan Jenkins than it was. Yeah. And it was speaking of which, I, because the Venn diagram of Dan Jenkins and baseball rules changes that we're going to talk about in my world is Hawk, Hawk Harrelson. I call Hawk this morning. I was talking with, with, with him Name about. Name dropper. Rosie's yeah, calling am, Hawk Harrelson. But you know what? Almost never do you need one of the guys with the brooms and the dustpan to pick up after me for all the names I drop. That's about the extent of it. But he was, um, he, he, he wasn't, he was the Venn diagram of that. And talking about baseball rules, within two seconds, we got to Rico Petroselli. 
Because he would strike, Hawk would strike out, and he'd go back to the dugout. And I said, but you and Stoney were always talking about, like, two more feet on the fastball. Yeah. And this is literally two feet farther back, the new Atlantic rule changes. And he goes, yeah, I'd strike out, I'd go back, and, and Rico Petroselli in the on-deck circle would say, give me something. <laughs> See, that's awesome. We need, we need a gigantic roundtable full of experts to discuss that rule alone of the proposed right. rule changes of the Atlantic League where MLB is going to use this little independent league as a, as a testing ground, which is a great idea. And so, and that league specifically, because everybody's unaffiliated. Right. That so, was the league. Like Mick, Mitch Williams came back. Yeah, that was that. the one. I, I believe Ricky Henderson is still playing in that league. <laughs> <laughs> I think he is. How you doing, <laughs> yeah, Ricky, Ricky Henderson? Ricky Henderson, how you doing? Um, but, but they're going to do all these different rule changes. But the one that fascinates me is making the mound 62 feet and six inches away from home plate, as opposed to 60. They're only going to do it for the second half of the year, which is interesting in and of itself. Are they trying to get more activity in the game for just the second half of the year? Or just not mess with pitchers arms for the entire time. I think you allowed them to build up arm strength for half a year, okay. spring training in half a year. That, that would be my thinking. So among, among the guests that I would want at our round table, I would want somebody who could speak directly to the mechanics of the pitching arm and how adding an extra two feet for every pitch may affect um, injury rates all across baseball. You know, as you are trying James to James Andrews available. I, 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 Zach, Zach, can you call Dr. James Andrews? <laughs> so it's to start Jim. with him. You call him Jim. Right. We'll start with him. Then I want a hitter uh, or a hitting coach to talk about a life spent perfecting the timing that it takes to even be remotely decent at hitting a freaking baseball and how that might change with an extra two feet added to it, or if that's just something your eye can get used to a little bit and that quickly. Yeah. And yes, let's get yes. <laughs> and Dr. James Andrew, when should we do this? 1140? Keep going. Okay. We're not done. Um, then I want, I, I want a pitching, uh, a really smart pitching guy, maybe a baseball analyst who knows about curveballs and how this is going to affect the way that you throw the curve, the way that you throw the breaking ball. If you have to start it at a different trajectory, if it changes the pitch tunnel. So we need that. Get Jim well, Deshays. I, I, we we do. We will have Jim Deshays. That's the we one thing him. we got. Oh my God! We got Jim Deshays at one twenty. We, but here's what I would. We're say. We're one third of the way there. Yeah. Um. I would say we should get Leo Mazzoni because really he's done nothing since Maddox, Glavin, and Smoltz are all gone. So he's available to talk you, about that. He would love to talk to you. Leo Mazzoni would love to remind oh, yeah. you that he knew exactly. The, the best way to get those guys to become Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's, I, I love talking to Lee. You know what? I, I do too, but I would think the the best going right now is Don Cooper. I think he's he's the best. He keeps them healthiest, and that's that's always that's the umbrella that this is that that is hovering over this entire idea. Whatever Coop and Herm Schneider have done together uh-huh. has been absolutely remarkable. So don't you think he's the guy? He's the guy. That's what I would want because Ted Williams is not available. It's too bad. Texture says doing it in the middle of the season creates two comparable sample sets of data. 
All right, I can see oh, that. Wow. Yeah, you, 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 you we got make, a science guy. Make, we have Doctor Decimal Point. <laughs> make the most of your uh, of your season by breaking that in half. Yeah, but you know, fascinating. They lowered the mound in '69, and I've always wondered what you know. Did the rash of Tommy Johns that have come in the decades since would that have been different if the mound had not been lowered? That's what Hawk said during our conversation to drop a name. He had said they should raise the mound again. Hmm. And and there wasn't you didn't have nearly the number of surgeries injuries although I do believe you had you had so many guys in the bullpen because as starters they failed not be, a combination of they just weren't good enough yeah and they were hurt their arm was bad so they they could give you an inning or whatever however it was it was managed differently back then they would just pitch through it too they would just keep going right because there know? was no there was no other option. They weren't guaranteed anything. They had to be healthy enough to get paid the next year. It was that kind of thing. Yeah. And the um, the suggestion, here's where this is growing out of. We discussed this, and we'll discuss this later. But the idea is baseball has never reconciled its two issues, pace of play and action. There's far less action than ever before. That's the main problem. And that's why this is the rule that but, interests me the most far and away because it's designed to theoretically give us more balls in play, more action. It's tr- to give you more action, which fakes pace of play because there's stuff going on or it distracts you from that or it takes your mind off it. Mm-hmm. You don't mind three hours of baseball if you're actually watching baseball as, a, as opposed to watching bad hitting tryouts, which you frequently are. Mm. And the idea that they're... Banning shifts as part of these rule changes among these many rule changes. Yeah, put two, it's awful. You put two guys on on either side of second base is is one of the rules. Yeah, that's that's silly. Hit them where they ain't. That's the that's always been the game. Just because managers are in front offices are smart enough now to move people around, learn to go the opposite way. Control your damn bat. Yeah, I don't want the shift outlawed. That creates action if you. You, you, you're asking a defense to be better because you're so offensively dependent as far as interest and action. I think it is, this is like with the, um, where, where a team, a football team, is guaranteed a possession in overtime if there's a field goal kick. Uh-huh. Well, you're allowed to play defense. Just like you're allowed on offense in baseball to hit it the other way. To go against it, you can practice that. They did that a lot. But that is Ben the, Ben Zobris drove in sure. the go ahead runs in the World Series. That is uh, the mandate in Cubs camp right now. Is for hey, all you guys, as soon as you get two strikes, do me a favor and and stop trying to launch the freaking ball over the shift. Try and to control your huge... bat a little bit and hit it hit it somewhere where there's not a fielder's. We can get on base and keep our inning going. Can we do that, please? And not even as a b hack, right? Just as a first thought, mm-hmm. and that will be useless if baseball, if Major League Baseball in the Major Leagues bans shifts, because then you don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to try anymore. Interesting. I hate that. Interesting text here. 
uh, JFC, Speaks. I believe that's uh, Jesus Franklin Christ. <laughs> yes. um, is that his middle name? I think it's Jesus Fried Chicken. Okay. Uh, JFC, Speaks. The fact that you of all people want to entertain discussion of any MLB, MLB rule changes is dismaying. All of it is a bunch of idiots with a handful of garbage solutions in search of a problem. There's nothing wrong with the game. It's not dying despite the howls of the stupid. No, it's not dying. And I don't care about length of game. And I barely care about pace of play. But to say that they're, that it's not um, damaged right now by the way that people play it is just wrong. I've had conversations with some of the most learned, thoughtful, invested baseball people I know. Um, Which but, learned people would ever speak to you? Sitting in the sitting in the in the Wrigley lunchroom um, with Boog Shambi, mm-hmm. Ken Rosenthal. And I think Jim Deshays was there, but like just Boog and Ken. Just let's just start there because I love Sean. I think he's a great dude. He said he went 27 minutes on one Sunday night game between balls and play. 27 minutes on on his on his watch between balls and play on a Sunday night baseball game. That is a problem. The game has now been figured out. Uh, it, it it has been learned to play and and learned to win by playing in a way that is not the most entertaining. No, it's not, and that's all and, you and have to all you have that, to know about baseball having an action problem is there are more strikeouts than hits. That's it. How exciting is mm-hmm. that? I mean, even if Kerry Wood were out there, and I used to love Kerry Wood, the electricity of watching him pitch. I grew up with Koufax and Drysdale. The electricity of watching guys like that pitch and Marshall and Gibson. I still want to see the ball in play. Yeah, the most efficient way to manage it, play it, and win is not the most entertaining way to have it be watched. And speaking of not entertaining, we are Saturday Suckage, and we will be here for three hours as the pregame show for Julie and Maggie. We will talk with Mark Grody, who is wildly entertaining. This used to be his show. He was on this show. Hmm. He's not on the show, but he will be back on this show. And he will have something new for the SCORE website. That we'll kind of preview, we'll talk about Mark Rohde. Mm. Yeah, Mark Rohde, multi-talented. Interesting. Mark Rohde. He'll be here after this. David Schuster. And what's a Saturday suckage better than that? Jim Deshays will be here at 120. David Schuster at 1220. We'll talk about the the Bulls. Now they've got you bewildered and angst-ridden, and now you're begrudging, you're grudgingly saying, oh, <laughs> And then we will uh, talk with Julie and Maggie before we get out of here and go into the rain. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Matt Spiegel. This is Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Oh, hi, Mark. Spiegel's shaking it, Mark. Spiegel's shaking it. Dirty Frank comes on. Spiegel's pointing. He's, it almost looks like, it reminds me of Madonna and Vogue. That's what it does. Hey, he knows it. He knows it. Grace Kelly, hollow jean, on the cover of a magazine. I'm telling you. Good morning, I'm Mark. I'm not lying. Uh, I'll Vogue. This used to be his show. Um, he's, not, he's not on the show anymore, but now he's on this show. He's Mark Rohde. Welcome back to... Saturday suckage. Mark, how are you? It ring, it's starting. I'm doing well. That's that's starting to ring hollow. By the way, it used to be my show. I mean, it, it used to be so many people's show. You know, I hear the opening to your show, and there's like ten people. So 
there's really not any special left to having been on that show. As much as I love you, Steve. It hurts um, me. It hurts me. Yeah. We had yeah. the we had the longest run. Everybody else was just a just a proxy. It was just a puppet. Matt, just know that you're going to get hurt in the end, man. <laughs> Wait, you got a World Series ring. I don't want to hear it, buddy. <laughs> and Grody, it's 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 life. I assume we all get hurt and just smile through it. All right. Hey, as, as R.E.M. said, everybody hurts. Uh-huh. It's the way it goes. Yeah. So Mark Roddy covers the Bears for the score and works the sidelines for WBBM, AM, and FM. And he, um, we are into a into the off season where Ryan Pace doesn't have money as like he had before. He also doesn't have the problems he has before. But if I were to identify something, the whole idea of does it come down to Adrian Amos versus Bryce Callahan? Can they only pay one? And if so, who would you pay? Okay, I'll answer that in two ways. If if it was one or the other, I would say if I had the, the choice, I would take Amos just because of the fact that this guy um, hmm. is so durable. And I do think he had something to do with Eddie Jackson's success. He is no Eddie Jackson, but I think that those two being together and having that constant um, and the Bears' final line of defense has been really good and almost taken for granted. Um, and I and I love Bryce Callahan too. And I know how important that position is. But I I do think he's injury prone. He is you know he's small, um, so that's why he gets injured. And, and yes, he's very good and incredibly important. But if you're asking me to choose between the two, I would say Amos. However. On the other side of things, what we learned at the Combine, what I did not know going in, was that, yes, it is still possible that they could bring back both, and I think that that is their goal. They're not looking at this like, okay, we got to choose one of these two guys. I think that they are saying, huddling up and saying, how do we keep these two because we know how important both of these guys are, and I think that it started with, and I don't know if this, this was a direct link to that, but with the restructuring of Kyle Long's contract and doing things like that, doing creative things because they don't have a whole lot of salary cap space at this point. Um, doing creative things like that, and then just the human nature of hoping that they can get somebody like Adrian Amos or Bryce Callahan to return on a reasonable contract. Um, those are the kinds of things that they're doing. But yeah, I think that it's it's. I think it's possible that both of those guys end up coming back. Uh, coaching news for the Chicago Bears. Brad Childress, the former Vikings head coach, who was on the Bears staff as a senior offensive assistant slash consultant last year, is coming back. He quit, and he was going to go coach. <laughs> he used to be on that staff. He was going to go staff. coach the Atlanta Legends with Michael Vick as his offensive coordinator in the uh, in the Alliance of American Football. But he resigned in January, um, and instead. Is coming back to the Bears. That's that. That's another offensive voice in a room full of voices, uh, all with Matt Nagy leading the charge, and it seemed to uh, pay good dividends. It, it, do, do, you, do you get a sense of how the dynamic works with Helfrich and Nagy and quarterback coaches and with Childress as well? At, rags, uh, yeah, with, rags. Day, with Dave Ragone. Yeah, rags. Uh, do, you get, you know, do you get any sense of how that all goes down, Mark? It's a great. It's a great question. I don't know the the specifics. Um, you know, we we don't get to talk to the assistants very often. I mean, they do the the once a week thing. Um, but I, I can tell you this. I can tell you that you guys mentioned Rags, and that's Dave Ragone, who is the quarterbacks coach. There's nobody who's actually closer 
to Mitchell Trubisky than, than Dave Ragone just because of the history that they've had. And he, he just has a really good way about him, does Dave Ragone. So he's in his ear a lot. The number one guy we know, obviously, is Matt Nagy. That, that's, he's, he's, the, he's the project with Nagy. Nagy is um, you know, always around him, always talking to him, always in his head. Um, but, you know, Mark Helfridge is a really interesting guy because he is highly intelligent. Uh, we know what he was able to do at Oregon in terms of working with some of those spread offenses. I think that the way it works with with Helfridge is that he obviously he's in contact with with the players and and with Mitchell Trubisky, but I think he's more of he's more of an idea guy with with Nagy, as in let's sit down, hey hey what here's what I'm going to do. Nagy will say, and Helfridge will then be like, well how about this or how about this concept? Look look what I saw, look what I drew up. Um, so it's more of he's more of Neggy's consultant and idea guy. Although he's he's very hands on with Trubisky as well. If Childress comes in, um, I, I do look at that more of again more of a consulting position still. Um, and and how many? Even though Trubisky says he appreciates all the different voices, um, you just wonder too. If it if it could get to a point like with any baseball player, like a hitter or a pitcher, if it eventually becomes too many voices, but I think that Nagy has done a good job of managing all that. Talk with Mark Grody here on the Score Saturday Suckage. So, adios Samacho, and maybe adios Josh Bellamy, which is not a receiver problem; it's more of a special teams problem, and that's an area that can get that can just jump up and bite you. It was you surprised by that? Does that that have um, how does that play out for the Bears? Well, you know another thing too about Bellamy is he actually made some good yes. plays in the in the receiving game. His hands year, got too. better. His I hands... didn't I, I didn't know he could catch until this year. Yeah. I didn't I didn't know that was an option. Right, his hands got better, and it was an option <laughs> as opposed to trying to catch with boat oars. And he seemed to yeah. jump off the correct foot every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> Which was a surprise. I, I always think of, there was one play a couple years ago. Where he was on the sideline. He jumped. He didn't need to. He, he jumped off to. both feet, and it was early and short and bad. But now he's he's been better. Okay. Well, it's Vamoose. It's pretty amazing. Like this, see, and there's another. There's a uh, gold star for Matt Nagy. It's amazing how things work when you when you put guys in the right positions. Like Josh Bellamy, the year prior not his fault, was basically a featured wide receiver in the Bears' offense. And last year he was a guy who was not used a lot, but used just enough, just enough to make a couple of really big plays. And, um, you know, you're talking about on special teams. You know, I think that, yeah, he, he is a, was a very valuable performer if he is indeed not back. Um, I hate to put it like this, but you can usually find those guys. And that's that's what... Um, you know, somebody like a Joel E.A. Booneyway is going to have to continue to step up because that's, you know, in essence why he's a linebacker, but he was definitely drafted early for his early part of his career to be a special teams performer and drafted to be a really good special teams performer or expected to be a really good one. Uh, but I think that, you know, if, if you're Ryan Pace, that's the kind of guy that you have to be able to find and to be able to, to develop, so I'm you know, and based on track record, I'm pretty confident that he can. So I'm not over. Although you're right, Bellamy was very valuable. I think you have to be able to find those guys, and those guys do exist. 
And you are, if I have this right, you're holding out on your family. You're not telling them when the Bears are going to play in London? Oh, yeah. Is yeah. That, that's, uh, yeah, that's, mo- at least that's what, uh, that's what my mom thinks anyway. Because, <laughs> yeah, my, the, uh, the parents are, were, were planning to go to London uh, this year. And then they found out that I was going to be in London. So my mom said, well, you know what? I think it would be great if, if we went out there at the same time that you're out there. Uh, so you're just going to need to let us know when they're out there. I said, Mom, we don't have a schedule. Well, you need to find out. You, know, <laughs> you got to find out. Like, she, I don't know if she believes me, you know, based on past uh, problems with scheduling and things like that, um, that she doesn't quite believe that I don't have a schedule, which yeah. doesn't come out until April. But now you're, 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 you're basically, in your mom's eyes, you run the league. I think, I think now, now that you have a job that's even remotely associated with the Bears, you're in charge of most things in the league. Well, right, right. Just like I was in charge of baseball for three years. So <laughs> I, I needed to know the schedule going into the season. Well, who yeah. are they? I mean, I need to know who they're going to play in the first round of the playoff. Mom, I, we don't know yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so where is the World Series going? Well, Mom, we'll, 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 we'll see. So, just tell your yeah, mother, Mark. Just tell her it's okay. Yeah, I yeah, think Gary, but, Gary Grody might tell her that. Except Gene Grody sent Gary to the jewels, and <laughs> and at that Gary. point, Gene is just lecturing Mark about don't hold out, don't don't. Uh, don't. Right, right. You know, but that'll be a jolly old time to hang out with Gene and Gary in, in London, and you know, and maybe you could get us tickets for the game too. I mean, that would be great. Yeah, <laughs> of course, yes. Um. So Mark is. Um, I want to share with this Saturday Suckage audience, people who grew up with Mark and um, and have experienced the full depth and breadth of what a Mark Grody brings to to a show, that he will be bringing to the SCORE website, 670thescore.com, a new feature, a new piece of of um, content? SCORE-analia content. Everything is content, and this was... Uh, Mark, why don't you share with the class what they can expect to see and what time or when they might expect to see it on the score website. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I, this is uh, non bears related and I will be doing some bear stuff too, that I'll tell you about as well. But, but um, it is in the very, very, very early stages at this point. I met with the powers that be just yesterday, as a matter of fact. And uh, what we're, what we are working on is some video content of me doing some of my various characters, many of which were born uh, with Steve Rosenblum on Saturday mornings, and they would just be, you know, 30 to 60 second vignettes of me doing the characters, but on on actual serious sports takes. Um, and such, such as Lou Pinello talking about moving the mound back two feet. Well, there'd be that. No, actually, Lou Pinello, actually, we've got a special idea planned for him. And Lou Pinello is going to be doing movie reviews because... <laughs> That's you know, great. Luke, like, like, um, like, it's a wonderful life. Like, it would be something along the lines of he, he, he wants to see the world. He, he, he can't. And then, and then, uh, Mr. Potter and 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 Mary and and, and Bert and Ernie and, and then his brother Harry and, and Zuzu's pedal and everybody's happy. And that's all you need to know. So they'll be very simple. I love that. I just, you know, I cannot all- wait to see that. I love. Yeah, that. Sponsored it'll, by Provasic. Be- <laughs> I, I would hope. Yeah, by Provasic. They're going to move the mound back. This is—they switched the runners. Um, so 
things like that. Maybe Tom Tunney can go off on the Cubs. Maybe a Stan Bowman can go off on the Bulls. They need to start tanking very soon. Uh, but it's, there are an array of different characters, and, and maybe even some of them. It, your, your former partner, Danny Parkins, may make an appearance, Spiegel. Oh, That's good. very possible. Yeah. So any anything is possible at this point. Like I said, it's in the we, – we've just – Basically, it's in that movie stage where we've got a couple of producers who are paying into it at this point, but we're still looking for a director. We're still looking for a video guy. So there are jobs available at this point. It reminds me of a conversation uh, I had one night after a Tribute to Sora show, Mark, when like somebody was talking to another guy in the band. So he came back to us. He said, hey, this guy wants to make a documentary. He's got these ideas. He's got these things he wants to do. And, uh, and we said, all right, when it gets out of the drunken rambling stage of conversation... <laughs> Check back in with me. Still waiting on that. Let me, let me know. Still waiting on it to get out of the drunken rambling stage. Right. Well, it's like, and it's like everybody in the world, too, right now, uh, you know, having a podcast. Everybody's got a podcast, right? And all those ideas, like, people, oh, yeah, we got to do a podcast. And then you never do a podcast. And then eventually you do a podcast. So um, that's just the way all those things work. Um, by the way, uh, Spiegel. Yeah. Um, little U2 action last night? Is that what I saw? Yeah, I uh, did U2 finally for the first time ever, uh, Tributo, after 17 years. Had a had a great time singing stuff like 11 o'clock TikTok from Under a Blood Red Sky. New Year's Day maybe was the highlight. Oh. Of the, that might have been the highlight of the night for me right there. Uh, but yeah, just, you know, 19 U2 songs. It was pretty damn fun there, Mark. What were you doing? The- what were you doing with your life? Just kidding. Yeah, well, I was I was preparing for this segment last. Week. <laughs> Good move. Good move. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's cool. Um, what what was I? Oh yeah, what took you so long? That's what I wanted to ask you. I'm sorry, speak. I'm sorry to turn this into you because they, uh, they've been they've been active. They've been out there doing it. You know, it's it's weird to do a band that's still active and do that. Mostly, we do bands that are either dead or defunct or unavailable. But why would you go see us do you two when you could go see you two? Was the thought process yeah, yeah. for a while there? <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah. That's well, it's not like they were in town. A lot like, they not like they were at the United Center. No, not not you last night. Yeah. See, yeah. so it's like it's the cheap. It's like the Nordstrom rack version. You know what I mean? You can get a super <laughs> yeah, it's true. I, I we had very nice umbrellas available at a discount rate last that, night. As that's a matter good, fact. and uh, all green polka dots. All right, well, yeah. we will look forward to that whenever whenever that gets done and um, on the website. And uh, I'm looking forward to that indeed. So. I appreciate it, guys. I hope you have uh, – what, uh, what do we got coming up on the show here next? What's well, we have um, – in true Saturday suckage tradition, we have David Schuster ruining the 12 o'clock hour at 1220 with movie Dude, reviews. He's going to be really upset about Lou. If Lou's oh reviewing God. movies, maybe we could have dueling movie reviews. David yeah. Schuster. <laughs> um, and you- then Jim Deshaies at 120, transitioned with Julie and Maggie. Maggie thought the idea that we were the pregame show for Julie and Maggie mm-hmm. was like the best promo ever. Um, Mark, if you're around, uh, if you're near a radio after this next commercial break, I would stick around because I have an NFL rule suggestion that's coming from one of the teams, they're going to be discussing it right now this offseason, and I think it's pretty damn interesting. So. Well, let me let you go because I want to get the get the uh, Radio.com app up and running, so I'm going to let you guys go. There you go. He's a teaser, not a pleaser. He's Matt Spiegel. Mark Grody, thank you for joining us. We'll uh, Later, talk boy. soon. All right. That's Mark Grody. Covers the Bears. Also, does shifts here, and you heard he's got a video. I love the idea of his characters doing 
delivering serious sports things. Just see that video, audio. It just Lou Pinella doing movie reviews is classic. All right, uh, Matt Spiegel has he's got rules for you. Baseball rules. We talked about football rules next. Yes. Saturday Suckage on the score. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Well, we're not running down a dream. We're actually running down a rule change, a proposal. Welcome in. Saturday Suckage, Matt Spiegel, Steve Rosenblum. We are going to be here till 2 o'clock and turn it over to Julian Maggie at that point. At 1220, we'll talk David Schuster and the Bulls and, you know, gnashing of teeth and, like, really what happened, what did it mean. But for now, Matt Spiegel has something to share with the class. NFL teams have proposed nine different rule changes for 2019, and this just kind of came out late last night. So nine different changes. Um, The Kansas City Chiefs, as expected, are proposing one um, that guarantees each team a possession in overtime. I know how you feel about that. You happen to just bring that up. I disagree, but that's not why I called. I called because the Denver Broncos, the Denver Broncos, (laughs) are proposing this, that instead of the onside kick, it's an alternative to the onside kick. Mm -hmm. Because the onside kick, it's very difficult to 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 do it successfully, obviously. Yes. And there's a great deal of luck in terms of the bounce itself. Like the even the possibility of it can be derailed very quickly if a kicker does a poor job or if there's a weird weird bounce or like a divot in the grass. Sure, you know, and 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 if it's if a game is decided um, by the hands of your third string tight end. Mm-hmm. Or or not? Is that really the most effective or a receiver way? Receiver who's afraid to catch it. Sure. Remember the remember the Packer was it a Brandon somebody a few years ago who, mm-hmm. who went up and bobbled the onside kick and mm-hmm. then the Aaron Rodgers Packers proceeded to lose that playoff game. But anyway, uh, Bostic was it Brandon Bostic? I think it was. Anyway, here's the Broncos proposal, and I find this fascinating: that during the game, each team would have one opportunity to remain on offense after a fourth quarter score. You score and you get to stay on offense. Whether you're ahead or behind? Correct. But it but it, you don't just get the ball with the first and 10. Instead of kicking off, the team would line up at its own 35-yard line for what is in essence a fourth and 15. You have one play as an offense to gain 15 yards. If they gain 15 yards, they maintain possession, they have a first down, and they start a drive. If they don't get 15 yards, the defense takes over. This is instead of the onside kick. Correct. Instead of the onside kick, you get one time per game, in the fourth, one time per fourth quarter, where you can do this. And instead of one play, the onside kick, giving you an opportunity, it's one play with your offense. Get 15 yards right now. And if it falls incomplete... The, your opponent takes over at your at, at, 35. At your 35. At your, so it, it, as if you failed on the onside kick and they... Which they might take over at your 45 right. if you fail on the onside kick. Right. So... I like that. Don't you like I that? I like that. I would be much more in favor of that than trying to trick kick a ball. Yeah. The way they 
they try to topple an oddly shaped ball. Right? And yeah. Trying to master the art of kicking an oblong thing so it bounces at just the right time and then three people jump up and collide into each other. That's not football. Run a play. One play. Yeah. That's football. I, right? And I think that is that 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 is that is football. That's using football to decide football games. I like it. So one play as an offense, you get fifteen yards, then you can continue the drive. You don't get fifteen, it's like you failed at your onside kick. I think it's pretty I'd be cool. much more in favor of that because I just think that there's more um I'd I'd like to see it. It's a bigger play. I'm all in favor of that kind of stuff. What would you think about this? This came from a um Halla Yang. A Wilmet resident who was part of an qualified for the finals as part of an NFL contest for rule changes aimed at safety. Okay. And he came up with various proposals. He ended up with 20 grand out of this, I believe. Uh, Colleen Kane wrote about this. One of the proposals is this a five yard bonus for calling for a fair catch on a punt. A five-yard bonus for calling for a fair catch. Some, most punts that are returned, I mean, a lot of punts that are returned, 32% of return punts yielded fewer than five yards. And yet, and so there was much helmet collision, body collision. What if you called for a fair catch and got five yards from there? And then there's no, no pain, mm. but gain, as it were. God, it's I, I I understand it. But you see Tariq Cohen and Devin Hester, and you Come see on, all man. of those. I know. I'm thinking about Mel Gray yep. and Eric Metcalf, and all these all these guys, these these punt returners yeah. that I loved to watch for our entire lives. Mm-hmm. It's such a fun play when it when it happens. Well, well, even they called for fair catches too. Sure, maybe not as maybe Devin Hester not as many as his coaches wanted to, and and fans screaming, "No, no, oh yeah, go, go, yeah, that's." That's what happens. And then sometimes the same way. And then sometimes Devin would call for a fair catch, and you're like, you have 20 yards of room. That's right. How is it possible that the greatest kick returner of all time still drove you crazy with stuff like that every once in a while? But that's what happens. That's what happens. That's what they do. That's how it works. That Barry Sanders probably drove a lot of Detroit fans. There were a lot of zero yards, minus yards. Stop running sideways. That's right. And they go, thank God he ran sideways and then went 80 (laughs) yards and made everyone look stupid. That's what happens. So I would be in favor of that onside kick change. I'm the bears have proposed. Is that on there? The bears have proposed a rule to eliminate place kicking altogether. (laughs) No, I I did not notice that, but I love that. They signed Check check that out. In fact, they move. The bears also want the pitching mound moved back two feet. Yeah, they do. Anything, anything except bringing out, Ryan Pace's joys of a kicker. I love a guy who's, he sucks at kicker. He can't evaluate it, and he won't tell you what he's changing. That's what's happened in the last three weeks. Yeah. I'm not going to say. No, sorry. We'll just go about our business. They well, signed, your business sucks, you're right? They signed a guy named Blewett, you know? That just ain't right. Yep, it is. It, it's, it's really right like, there. Hey. It's right there for you. Yeah. That kicker? It's better than signing some guy named Gary Doink, because that would have been just too obvious. All right, we, uh, we have to take a break. Next hour, we'll have David Schuster. We'll talk some Bulls. We can talk some Bulls in advance of David Schuster. He'll also have movie reviews for us. But there was a a sports moment, since we're a sports show, and we're a lot of nonsense, that um, that this frequently happens on Jeopardy. And it happened recently. And I loved this idea. In the wake of all the bad news about, sad news about Alex Trebek. Yeah. 
stage four pancreatic cancer. He's mm-hmm. going to fight it. How he got through that video, I I didn't get through that video, but here's a guy who got through that video and he carries on. And this same week, this series of questions and his his wonderful responses came through. And it's sports related, so we'll share that with you. And and other crap. Um, I guess we're the score, right? Is that who we are? Yeah, it is. We're, we're Saturday second. We, we remain the score. Every bit. Good of call. It. Nailed it. Rosenblum and Spiegel, <laughs> Chicago Sports Radio six seventy. The score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s. It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 